It's time for Girl Boner Radio with August McLaughlin. A spicy blend of personal stories, in-depth reporting, and inspiration. Girl Boner is where good girls go for sexual empowerment. Listen in as August McLaughlin, award-winning health and sexuality writer, explores female sexual pleasure like no one else. She's the big sister slash girlfriend you've always wanted, and she loves to talk sex. Only on Global Voice Broadcasting. Would you not date somebody because they were born at a certain time of day or because they're allergic to peanuts or broccoli or milk or something? I sure as hope heck not. Some recent studies show that other factors that we have no control over and that don't affect our worth as, as humans do seem to make certain people less dateable uh, to, to many. Uh, two of these examples are being Asian or black. Welcome back to Girl Boner Radio, where good girls go for sexual empowerment. I'm your host, August McLaughlin, and I have such a special guest here with me today who can shed some light on this very subject and so much more wonderfulness about dating. Erin Tillman, a.k.a. The Dating Advice Girl, is a dating expert, social life consultant, author, speaker, and radio host based right here in Los Angeles who has helped singles successfully navigate the early stages of dating through her book, which is called The Dating Guidebook you can find at thedatingguidebook.com. She's written over 100 dating-related articles that appear all over the internet. She's been on other people's radio shows. She's done TV segments. Uh, she's appeared on Lifetime. She's all over the place. You can't miss her. You've probably actually already heard from her. Uh, she hosts singles events all over LA and outside of LA as well and has participated in dating and self-help workshops, seminars. She's gotten and given tips to celebrities and collaborated with several networks um, on television and and many, many more. We're just so happy to have you here, Erin. How are you doing today? I'm doing well. How are you, August? Thanks for having me. Oh, it's such a pleasure. I've been looking forward this to this forever because we actually met in person at another event. We were promoting our books. Totally, totally. And I mean, it's like we were saying earlier, like, it's ridiculous. We have a lot of mutual friends and colleagues, and we hadn't met in person until recently. And it's like, this is ridiculous. We have like 100 friends in common. Like, how have we not met face-to-face? We've probably been in the same room zillions of times and just been like at opposite sides of the buffet table. So Completely (laughs) eating whatever we're eating. Exactly. Yeah, exactly, exactly. (laughs) So you covered some of these findings, some of these recent ones, which uh, some appeared on OkCupid, which showed that that um, being Asian or black could make you less dateable or, I guess, get less interest from people who are using these particular dating sites. Uh, You mentioned that article and had some great insight to share on uh, the swexperts.com. Were you surprised by the findings? Yeah, I I actually was. And I have to say, a a friend of mine actually told me about the article, and I was like, what? I was, like, in denial because I'm like, Okay, I go on a lot of dates, and I meet a lot of dudes who specifically love black women. And let me just clarify real quick. On the uh, the findings for OkCupid okay were black women and Asian men. So Asian women, I think, are like do pretty well on, say, OkCupid okay or online dating sites. And black men do okay. And there's a lot of stereotypes there um, as to why I think that could be true, uh, which we'll probably talk, to, talk yeah, about yeah, at some yeah, point. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, you know, specifically, obviously, being a black female, the whole black woman thing really was like... Like, what? And that's not been my experience in Los Angeles. Having said that, I did grow up in a small town in the Midwest, and I was the girl that was, I was very popular, homecoming court, student government, all of these things, but I never had a date to any of the dances. Now, this was in the 90s. I'm totally giving away my age in some way. Um, In high school in the 90s, and I actually did have an ex-classmate like not too long ago say to me, 
oh my god, but you know, like so many of us thought you were adorable, but me personally, my dad, I know that my dad would have like literally disowned me if I would have asked you because he was white and I'm black or still is white, but you know, and so he, I was like, whoa. And for me, actually, I thought it was really amazing he told me that because, you know, there's always something that kids have in their brain as to why someone's not asking them out or yes. why, you know, the, the uh, high school football, you know, quarterback isn't like interested in them or whatever. Yeah. That would have made my life so much easier in certain ways to sure. know, oh, it's not me. It's not anything I'm doing. It's yeah. like that dude's parents that have a problem. Which is so interesting. I mean, regional areas are very different. Mm-hmm. You know, somebody, I put something on uh, Facebook and tweeted about, you know, I'm, I'm interviewing Aaron Tillman and we're going to talk about this issue. And one of my friends in Arkansas said that there are big problems there with any kind of mixed race couple, which is like. In 2015, you're saying. I mean, it's I right. Yeah. Sorry, I shrieked in everyone's ears, <laughs> but it really makes me mad. And I think I think also our, our upbringing. You brought up parents. I was raised in Minnesota, mm-hmm. but my mom grew up in India, right? Oh, wow, and yeah. so we had all these relatives, quote relatives, who weren't blood relatives. We call them auntie and uncle. My mom totally. speaks Hindi. I grew up on curry. Oh, and wow, wow. My first boyfriend. Not serious boyfriend, but like my going out, you know, going, <laughs> yeah. going steady, whatever. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Was Indian, yeah. and I've dated. You know, it, it just never even occurred to you. And we like to think that none of this really does occur mm-hmm, to us, but mm-hmm. I think sometimes there's like, because you know, in an article by uh, Christian Rudder, who actually presented an, an analysis of those OK Cupid findings oh, on nice. that site. Yeah, he ha- he said beauty is a cultural idea as much as a physical one, and the standard is of course set by dominant culture. Yeah, which is a really good point because I think you know we kind of have these perceptions of who we're supposed to, quote, think is attractive. Mm-hmm. And if we are growing up in an atmosphere where all we ever see is one certain thing totally. or our parents tell us a certain thing. Completely. You know, that's that's. Oh, really I have important. to tell you, I mean, this is, <laughs> this is don't, you're going to be like, oh, me? I used to have a thing against blonde girls for a long, long time. And again, mm-hmm. growing up, it was, it was because in my school or growing up, that was the girl that all the guys were very vocal about being interested in. And so I developed a complex and it was unfair for me. I mean, having said that, let me just say, I know it's like, oh, I have I have black friends or whatever. I have blonde friends now. I'm not just saying that. Right, right. No, <laughs> but, I, but I totally It was a weird it. complex yeah. I have because it's like, well, why is the standard of beauty, like, the only thing that I'm seeing my classmate, my male classmates yeah. be interested in? But then I moved to Europe. <laughs> and found out, oh, no, I am attractive in other places. And then in L.A., again, it's not been a problem at all here for yeah. me. So, again, when this study came up, because I think the findings for OK Cupid was like, I think it was like 2008 or 2009 to 2014. Yeah. And so in that time period, it's still a thing. And I think yeah. region has a big you know, has a big uh, is a big reason for those disparities, etc. Yeah. But yeah, it's it's so interesting. It still is a, a thing. Having said that, I'm sure you experience it too. When I go back home to Ohio, then you're like, oh yeah, okay, I, yes, true. And not everyone. There are definitely interracial couples in Ohio. Oh, Shout yeah. out to Ohio. I am still an Ohioan, and yeah. you know, um, um, half half Ohio and half California. Like <laughs> yeah. to say, but um, but it's definitely different, and it's definitely yeah. looked at in a different way here compared to there. It is, it is. And it's so interesting because a lot of times I think it so much has to do with our fear of what other people are going to think. Totally. So if you're from a community where you know that if you bring that person home, everyone's going to freak out, Mm -hmm. that could go either way. Like if you're a rebel, you might be like, bring it on. (laughs) Right. But if you're not, you know, and I think it's really natural to have resentment for people who are getting, you know, all the attention just because they were born with a certain hair color or whatever it is. Totally. And And then you grow up and hopefully you, you move to a different place 
place or you talk with other people and you're like, oh, this isn't the case. I mean, I feel like generally speaking, racism is that. You know, people who are racist against any sort of race or religion or whatever it is, it's generally my experience. It's because they have limited experiences with a variety of people in that group. Yeah. So, you know, a lot of the people, and, and I think it's generational, too. I mean, this is a whole, this, mm-hmm. there's not enough time to talk about all this, obviously. We're not solving the world's problems, society's problems in an oh, hour Oh, well, we whatever. can try. I know. <laughs> we can try. I guess we can. Let's do it. But, you know, I, I think it's generational as mm-hmm. well. I mean, a lot of younger people I know, like, I'm always talking about millennials and how their their whole way of being is so different from our generation yeah. and especially our parents and grandparents. And, like, like being gay is not as huge of a deal, you yes. know? Interracial couples is not as big Just as we, we were kids. Exactly. You know, I graduated high school in the late 90s, too. Mm-hmm. So it's like when you consider there was one Jewish kid in mm-hmm. my entire elementary school, it is now like wow. incredibly multicultural. Yeah. You know, there mm-hmm. were, I think, one or two black people. And yeah. I was, it just, I was the one black changed. girl in my school. In my class, I should say. See? But and one of, like, three in my school. Interesting, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So things have definitely changed. Yes. I mean, and then these things linger, too. So of it's, course. you know... And, you know, these these stereotypes also, I think you're talking about the millennials. They are so much more uh, in the digital everything, right? Of so course. I have noticed that I get tons of questions about pornography, yeah. about people wanting to know how to deal with it. I mean, no one's talking about it, really, which is kind of which a scary thing. Which I never thing. understand. I know. Like, it's not going to go away because we're not discussing uh, it. No, I mean, I don't understand. <laughs> yeah. I know. It's there. It, part of the reason it's so powerful mm-hmm. is because no one's talking about it. And we don't talk about sex either. I know. So it's true. So true. When you're dating, and this is actually something I wanted to ask you that I don't know the answers to at all, um, and, and you are the professional, so I'm hoping that maybe you can <laughs> shed some light. But I have some friends who've and people who've come up to me after speaking at this one particular conference where I talked about uh, the effects of pornography yes. on how women feel about their bodies. Mm-hmm. So people were coming up to me and a lot of questions had to do with porn and several women and several girlfriends of mine have told me that they were out on dates Yes, and they start dating a guy whenever they feel that it's time to you know have sex and whatever. They have mm-hmm. sex with them and then they find that these people are doing some things that is a lot more aggressive or oh, it's yeah, just, yeah. you know, like they'll, they'll just assume that yeah. they want anal. They totally. will. Totally. Which one, is insanity. It to totally assume is. that. It, yes. To assume <laughs> anything like that is, is yeah. crazy. I mean, not crazy. I understand where it's coming from. I you too. But it's unfortunate. It is. And then another friend of mine told me that, uh, while they were having sex, her partner like gasped that she had pubic hair. Oh, no. Because I don't think oh, he'd ever seen no. it. Yeah. Okay, yeah. I mean, I have so many thoughts about all of that. <laughs> Please. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, this is the thing. I mean, I feel – I actually have had a few clients, male clients, who have said that they are trying to wean themselves off of porn because it's unrealistic. So then when, when they're with a real live girl, it's like, oh, like it's always a disappointment. So – they, they're actually, they're aware, these guys are pretty evolved because they're aware of the yeah, problem and they're yeah. trying to like change it. But I'd say a lot of people aren't aware. And so then it's like a whole thing. And then, and then put on top of that, let's say in heterosexual relationships, if there's a woman in, in a scenario who isn't as, um, let's say, confident in speaking up. Then there's just a whole bunch of scariness going on where a guy's trying something, she's not comfortable, yes. but maybe she's not comfortable saying anything to him either. And then it's just a whole bunch of scary Because you're in this, like, stuff. intimate space. So right. it's like you don't want them to feel rejected, but you also, what are you supposed to say, like... This feels really good, but please don't grab me there. Don't shove that yeah. in there. Or, you know, it's oh, like my this, God, totally. Where, so do you, do you recommend talking about yes. porn with someone you're dating newly into the relationship, or how do you bring it up? I think, I mean, honestly, I think there's not enough talking in general with 
So if someone is a new love interest that you're thinking about getting intimate with, uh, I think that there should be some sort of conversation before you're even getting intimate. I actually just wrote an article. It was like uh, 15 questions. I'll find that in a second. Uh, 15 questions to figure out if you're ready to be intimate with someone new, something like that. And so it's literally 15 questions. Do I feel safe with this person? Do I feel like this person is going to listen to my wants and desires and needs? Do I feel like I'm, like, comfortable in, like, the physical environment with this person, you know? Am yeah. I comfortable alone with this person? All these things that people, I feel like, don't consider. And I get that it's, like, obviously we do these kind of things for a living, so we're analyzing things or whatever. But it's, it's, it is kind of amazing to me that, you know, you're sharing a, some of the most intimate things with somebody that you're still getting to know and again I have no judgment in terms of time frame attached yeah. to that but it's more about are you emotionally spiritually ready to sure. even to connect with someone that level and I feel like most of us aren't going back to the porn uh, question or topic you know I feel like there are a lot of because I, people like you are like colleagues of mine uh, I won't name names but I could name a lot you know them too but yeah. uh, sex experts that we know who go around and educate people about things in the sex realm are amazing because really people do use porn as like an instructional instructional tool. That's all they have. Yeah, yeah. And, right. And so again, Almost. I think that's shifting a little, Starting, but it is yeah. like the main mainstream people especially in this country look to porn for like fun things to do and like, you know, and I get it. I mean, it's it's entertainment. You know, it is entertaining. I mean, I watch porn. I've watched a lot of different kinds of porn just to see what's out there or whatever because it's, you know, it's hot or whatever, but it's like to expect Joe Schmo or Joella Schmo to, you know, be able to do those things that people are are acting first of all are they really even enjoying what they're experiencing in the movies in the right. porn movies are they um are they have they like are they like some sort of acrobat because a lot of times i feel like there are some positions that most people aren't they're, like you don't bend that way right, you know right. so again it's just it's important that people like yourself and educators we know sex experts that we know are trying to get education out there so it's not just yeah. porn that people are like getting information from or not even information just looking at and trying to like emulate sure you know? that's such a good point and i think knowing that there are those resources out there mm-hmm. that they can find it elsewhere that they yeah. don't need to because you, you don't want to, if you need porn it's a problem for yeah, any, yeah. if you need it for anything yes. you shouldn't need it right you know, if, entertainment if you can have it as occasional entertainment that doesn't detract from your life then great yeah. you know, if it enhances your relationship great Yes. but for many people they do find that it starts to change the standard or they can't get turned on by oh, completely even they can't get turned on by physical touch because when they're they're used to orgasming and getting aroused while they're staring mm-hmm. at a screen mm-hmm. so they you know it's a very different and they're also you know, and I think that people who are in the industry, if it's empowering for them, then yes. that's great. No, absolutely. And they've actually told me yes. that it is not this. I mean, they sit when you have to be camera for. Can you imagine trying to always face the camera while you're having sex? No, you can't. No, I cannot yeah. imagine. I mean, seriously, yeah. but that's the thing. I mean, and again, yeah, this is. We, I mean, I hope it doesn't come off that we're like anti-porn. Oh, no people in the porn industry or anything. It's not that. It's more about, you know, mainstream people not in the porn industry thinking that, oh, I'm going to be this porn star in my own bedroom with this person I'm still getting to know, and I don't know their boundaries. 
people just have a conversation let me just say real quick you know there's a there's fun ways to have that conversation with somebody new you know i like because i mean the, these conversations can be real serious and again because in society we don't talk about these things yes. openly it can be like oh no, people are terrified they're so scared and like, yeah. yeah and it's so like make it fun like make it a fun sexy conversation so you could even say something like hey so you know i saw this thing like in this movie or i saw this thing online like is this something you'd be interested in or yeah. even you know i, I i've been a Working a lot with um, kind of like non-mainstream alt lifestyles in those scenes, uh, yeah. like BDSM and polyamory. Have you seen Shades of Grey? You could say, yeah. Have <laughs> yeah. you seen? Yeah. Have you seen? You know, Fifty Shades of Grey, or you know, have you ever like? What do you think about you people who about? Who, yeah. who are you know have like a third person with them, like a third partner, Yum. like threesome? Yeah. Is that what do <laughs> yeah. you think about that? Right. So that person will answer that question, and you get a feel for if they're interested or not. If they are interested, then you can take it a step further and be like, oh, tell me more. Like, do you have any specific? fantasies and that kind of thing. And that That's is a, a turn on, right? To yeah. Like, to know what your partner even. Yes. And the thing is, is about fantasies when you aren't ashamed of them mm-hmm. then they don't stifle you. Totally. They're hot. And then whether you act on them or not because I think, you know, we we all probably have had at least one dream about like a threesome or an orgy or whatever. It doesn't mean we all like need to Doing have it. one or yeah. really want to have one or maybe <laughs> yeah. we do but it's like you know, just talking about it, yeah. like, that is so sexy. Absolutely. And in talking about it, you get a feel for your partner's likes and dislikes. Again, which yes. is, I feel like, a big problem with dating, especially in the early months, which is what I focus on, dating in the early months for singles. So in that early months, that's where you're learning. You should be learning all of those things. Just make it a fun conversation so you're learning about them in a fun, hot, sexy way. Yes, that's so true. I wanted to read a... Uh a point that a friend of mine just said when I shared that we were going to be talking about this, mm-hmm. she brought up a myth or stereotype that she experienced with a Colombian-American boyfriend. Mm-hmm. She said, I saw two opposing sides for my family when I was dating a Colombian-American. Half believed he would be controlling and tra- and traditional in gender roles, mm-hmm. and the other half believed I was so lucky because, of course, all Latino men are romantics. <laughs> At least once they met him, they learned he was a normal human being with a whole <laughs> spectrum of values and beliefs. What? Yeah. <laughs> so I think some of the telling words there are like, you know, People assume things, totally. right? Do you totally. find that people do that yes. with dating? Like, oh, yeah. are they assuming that because a person is Latin American or is Asian or whatever? I'll speak to I'll speak to the the black female experience since that's what I am. Um, you know, I, again, in Los Angeles is such a specific place. I don't experience that as much here. I will say that I have some sassiness that comes out. That is a big stereotype about black women that we're sassy or argumentative or angry or those kind of things or energetic or spunky. I mean, it's all. Yeah. all all of those things. And so for me, you know, I can be a little sassy. I'm definitely opinionated. I'm definitely more alpha. And I definitely attract, and well, let's say it. Okay, I have attracted more beta, submissive type men. My whole life, that's what I've attracted. I tend to like that. Yeah. Um, and the guys that I attract love the fact that I'm alpha and a little bit sassy. So for me, I never hear complaints because I attract a certain type of guy who loves it. That's awesome. Okay. So, <laughs> so yes, in some ways, the, the stereotype's true. Let me just say as well, you can be sassy and still have respect for someone yes. and treat them like a human being. And so I feel like sometimes that is kind of in in the black stereotype, spe- specifically black female stereotype, that you can be that they're sassy and loud. We that we are sassy, loud, argumentative, but there's no heart there or there's not a respect there for the other right. person. Of course, any dysfunctional relationship has not a lack of respect, but it is I feel like it is unfair to 
put a whole group of people in that category of, oh, because they're sassy, that also equals them being disrespectful or scary or that kind of thing. Absolutely. And again, I'm not saying everyone should like a sassy woman, because not everyone likes a sassy woman. Yes. But I will say that that stereotype is partially true, probably, the sassiness. Not yeah. the angry or all that stuff. That's a certain type of women in the category. Sure. But there are angry blonde women. There are Absolutely. angry... Latina women. I mean, whatever. You and know? there are more, you know, less sassy, more shy of black course. women. So it's like, it's really, and also it's interesting the types of words that are used. Totally. I think also with women in general. Yes. Women are more bitchy, bossy, sassy. Totally. Which can, sassy can be good or bad depending on how the person's True. saying it. They're yes. seeing it one way or the other. Yes. But if you're talking about a guy, they say assertive, strong. Totally. You know, so uh-huh. it's a leader, also, He's a leader, you yeah, know, all that. I know, it's exactly. ridiculous. So it sounds like, I mean, authenticity is the important thing, right? Like Absolutely. being yourself and embracing whatever yes. your strengths are. And the beauty of you know, what Jess shared was she said they got to know him. Yeah, Like, her family absolutely. got to know him. And that is how we change the world, I think, is yes. by situation by situation and challenging things. Like, if you're out there dating mm-hmm. and you don't, you just realize, oh, my gosh. Like, because when that's, when I was reading, actually, I listened to your wonderful episode about oh, uh, the, uh, the studies I had an and episode of, I have a radio show. I had an episode where I had an Asian man and I represented the black females to talk about yeah. why we think the stere- our stereotype's true and why we think we're uh, least popular on certain dating sites. Yes, you have to it find it. So the Dating Advice Girl on iTunes, com. you can find it at her website or, also. Yes. And it's 111, I remember the episode. Oh, because I was listening to it yesterday, 111, too. yes. Yeah, yeah, it's a, it's a great show. But um, I think it's really important to, uh, you know, when I was listening, I was looking back and, you know, I thought about it before. But if I had looked back and saw that I had only ever been mm-hmm. with white guys, for yeah. example. Yeah, And if I was single right now, mm-hmm. I might say, you know what? Maybe I'm just not even considering. Yeah. Maybe I just haven't even thought about it. And actually, I wanted to bring up a point. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This just reminded me. This was so people are very interesting. This was in Minnesota. <laughs> yeah. But when I was single and I was I was in my early twenties and uh I was gonna go on a date with a black gentleman. Yeah. And a friend of mine, a male mm-hmm. who happens to be Asian, and a couple other friends too, but he especially were like warning me. Oh no! They're like, oh, they're players. All, I mean, yeah, I, yeah. I couldn't All believe the stereotypes. it. Yeah, yeah, I couldn't believe it. Yeah. I mean, it made me, and it was interesting because I am a little bit more. I, I don't know if rebellious is the word, but like, if I'm very well, yeah, I'm a little rebellious. I'm stubborn. <laughs> so if people tell I am me, too. I am too. Okay, so, so we're sisters in that <laughs> oh, way. Yes, yes. So if somebody tells me like, don't date that guy, You're I like, wanted mm-hmm. to really, really, really like him, right? Totally. So I went out with him, and we just didn't have chemistry. It was just because we were just so different. Yeah. But I was like, man, I, know. I wanted to like. Dang it. But it's so interesting <laughs> how much. Uh, how do you deal with like other people's feedback? Do you do you recommend? kind of telling people about who you're dating or getting to know them first? Or- yeah. I think this is, a, a, see, this is so interesting. And I, I think one reason why, uh, by the way, I've been an, a dating expert for about eight years now. So I've been doing this for a little while. And for me personally, I think what makes me good as a dating expert is that I, I'm very objective and logical. For me, I, I'm not swayed by people's opinions personally, uh, which, uh, again, makes me, I don't know, I kind of just do my own thing when it comes to dating personally. I would say for people who are in a scenario where they want to date someone that other people don't approve of, mm-hmm. I mean, obviously, like, family influences can be really hard. And you don't want to, like, disrespect your family and, you know, if it's going to be this big, big ordeal. But you also got to, you know, the question is, Whose life is it, you know, ultimately? Because guess what? I mean, this is going to be sound terrible, but, like, parents pass away. And, you know, 
family members move away and all these things. So at the end of the day, you're left with the person that you want to be with. So are, it's important to really, really tune into, you know, am I, do I, did I break up with that person because I don't want to be them or because there's so much outside influence that I felt like I couldn't, you know, I don't know. It, it's, it's, it is a hard thing. Cause again, I, I get the influence of, I mean, you could even talk about like marriage and kids. There's so many people I know who have, kids or have gotten married because they know their family wants it and they really weren't ready for it and I understand I understand that's a lot of pressure but I would encourage people who are in that who feel who struggle with that to basically to again just like sit with themselves and say well ultimately it is my life and I have to live with the decision I'm making or the decision to you know decide not to date the person I feel like could be the love of my life totally and what does your gut say you know because I think we always know deep inside and can get muddled yeah if we really care about what our family thinks and we're Mm -hmm. living close to whatever it can be difficult to sort things out and we might question things but I think deep down we know yes and it's really important and if we don't know don't make a decision like you know if you're thinking I'm engaged yes. and I'm not totally sure you mm-hmm. probably don't want to get married yet. Yeah, yeah. Probably, <laughs> you should probably wait. But like yeah. push that date, the wedding date back a little bit. The other thing I wanted to say too is that, you know, I know a decent amount of couples, interracial couples who, you know, their parents might not have approved when they got together and then maybe they did have a kid and then the parents are like, I love this grandkid so much that it's like, it's like the, 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 the bias towards specifically race or whatever kind of goes away because they see that like oh like for the love of the grandkid and they just see the, the kid's relationship the kid the person's a person right they stopped because probably what they heard first mm-hmm. was just about the person's race oh, absolutely. because you know they're trying to put that person they're trying to make an opinion yeah absolutely and i mean impression. like it, like i said earlier i mean it, like you mentioned earlier i mean I mean, we are trying to solve the world race issue. We just might do it. We got like 20 minutes left. I know. I know. I mean, seriously. But I mean, it really is. I swear to you, you know, for the people I've known, and again, I grew up in a small town where I was the only black person people had ever met. I know that I, God, it sounds like I'm on the soapbox, but you know, I, I know that I changed people's opinion. Just them meeting me, you know, the daughter of a, a, a professor who has her doctorate and, you know, um, a dad who owns his own company and all these things. It was like I just meeting me was breaking a lot of stereotypes that they had about what it means to be black, a black female, all of these things. And so I'm very proud of that. And guess what? I mean, I, I, I like to represent. And if I if, if me just growing up in a school where I was maybe the only example, if that maybe opened classmates' minds for the rest of their life in some way that, oh, no, but that girl, that girl that I was in school with, Erin, like, you know, she was homecoming court and all this stuff. You know, I she, I know that not all of these people are like this because I met her. Yeah. And I know that, like, so anyway. You should I be proud know. of that. No, you really yeah. should be proud of that. And I think that that really speaks to whatever is different about us. And just in that specific school, mm-hmm. that was quite a big difference, you know, oh, in you. Yeah. So whenever, because it's easy to let those differences feel like I'm the weird one instead yeah. of thinking, you know what, maybe I'm extraordinary. Maybe I yeah. can change the world. Maybe I can set an example for even one person. Yeah. You know, it's Or just, maybe it's not like this everywhere. Just yeah, like I said, yeah. you know, when I moved away, and the thing is, let's be honest, like I, I, you know, again, grew up in the Midwest and it was a great place to grow up, but everyone that was close to me was like, yeah, yeah, you should move. Like, you've never really fit here and we yeah. know you're going to do 
big things out there in the world. And so when I left, people were like, yay, good for her, you know, yeah. in a positive, like, supportive way. Um, and when I left, I mean, it really did, you know, well, you know, I'm sure you know, just with your mom and all of that. I mean, traveling opens your mind as well. Yes. You're meeting a lot of people of different races and cultures and ethnicities and all these religions, whatever. Yeah. And so you really are more open. And for me, moving away really, it made me um, appreciate my hometown more. But also it made me feel like, oh, no, if I'm in a different environment, like, I, I people, there are people who find me attractive. Yeah. To, and that was the thing I noticed, back to the article, you know, the whole race and dating. On my show uh, with me and uh, Byron, who was the, representing the Asian men uh, in, on my episode of my radio show, you know, he was saying that he thinks, I, I said that I think geographical location does matter in terms yeah. of the findings. So if we were to look at, say, like, the actual statistics from OkCupid and why black fe- females and Asian men were the lowest in terms of getting messages and stuff, I would argue that maybe on that list, it would, de- like, there would be a regional If you difference. broke it down to different states yeah. or regions, yeah, it would absolutely. be very different. Oh, yeah. yeah. I, I think mean, so, too. I think so, you know? Yeah. I mean, obviously, we're talking, like, if we live in L.A., I'm sure New York City is different. Oh, I'm yeah. sure, you know, small town Alabama is different. You know, it's just, yeah. it's all very different. So, anyway, yeah, it yeah. absolutely is. It absolutely is. I have to ask you. Yes, yes. Uh, this is, you don't mind if I bounce around, right? Oh, please. Okay. Do it. <laughs> I Welcome cool to my brain. No, <laughs> so, do are people ever intimidated when they date you because yes. you're such an expert? Yes. She's like, <laughs> before I even finish, uh, yes, people are very intimidated by me. <laughs> no, you know what? Okay, okay, okay. A little fun facts about Aaron, the dating advice girl. Um, there are guys who are a little intimidated, but then they usually don't ask me out or we don't make it past date number one. Because I'm like, first date, I'll say, hey, okay, so this is what I do. And I know it can be scary to be like, oh, what? She are you what? studying me? Yeah, are you no, going exactly. to talk about me? Oh, no, and that always comes up. And usually the guys who are comfortable with it, they still bring that up in a jokey way. Like, oh, you're probably taking notes on like what I'm doing wrong. I'm like, no, no, calm down. I'm off the clock. I'm like, human. I'm on a date. Yeah. I'm just a girl, whatever. But I will say, younger guys aren't intimidated. Are older or not. are not. Okay. Older guys seem to be way more intimidated, and I'm not sure why that is. Ah. Yeah, I'm not, it's just more of a thing. Do you for think them. there's like a generation gap with yes. like independence, like independence? I think with um, just the whole because dating is dating. Listen, dating was around when we were kids, but it's way different now. I think that there is kind of a, a generational gap. Older guys are kind of like all this dating stuff and she advises people and she works with online stuff and maybe I've never tried online dating and social media and all these things. She knows more than me. Yeah, Yeah. that. And so I think it's intimidating in those realms too. Interesting. Yeah. Do you but remember that sure. guy who was lusting after you? That was like the no. Who? <laughs> oh, I we were tell me, tell at me, August. Book event, a book event. <laughs> oh yes, the two of yes. us and our friends uh, Rain of Style by Rain, which you all should Yay. remember from our fabulous fashion extravaganza we had here. <laughs> and uh, we're standing there, and this I think he's a college student, I and think he came so. up and he was just he, the three of us are standing there, yeah. like we could take questions. Yes. his eyes did not move from you. They're, he's oh, staring at you, and then he starts asking questions. Like first, it was it was kind of subtle but then like three questions and he's like so would you have sex on a first date (laughs) i know he went on and on and on and he was like fixated but like i I couldn't tell what his angle was but like because people engage with me all the time with these in these conversations but but again like i said young guys (laughs) it's possible it's definitely possible i'm flattered by it and i'll take it and guess what as a girl in her 30s i will take a young guy like giving me googly eyes i will take it i'm sure yeah Yeah. i thought it was really really sweet (laughs) i thought it was really sweet so i got another uh 
message from okay. somebody who posted privately because um, it's a little bit more risque yes. and she didn't want to post it publicly. Sure, no which, problem. Which is no, no problem. Yeah. Uh, she said, the one big stereotype, a racial mm-hmm. stereotype that I've encountered is that white is the belief that white girls swallow. What? That, that was even oh, hard to type here in private. Silly <gasps> me, but it's such a stereotype that it becomes an expectation and makes a relationship not so fun anymore. I didn't know that women, white women, were expected to obviously Wait, she's cum. saying white women don't or do? That they are expected to. I guess, is that... More of an other races? Is that because in porn they swallow more? I've I don't know. I've never heard that. I've actually never... I, okay, the one thing I have heard um, from from a lot of white guys is that white women don't like to give blowjobs. I have heard that. Oh, interesting. And I don't know, and I don't know what that is. I don't think, I, I don't know, don't get mad at me, everyone listening. Like, I don't know, I've just heard that. Yeah, interesting. Interesting. Yeah, I wonder I don't know. if there's something to, because I think that there is a bit of a stereotype still that like the quote, good girl yes, who is not totally. too sexual totally. is white and blonde and from a little suburban town and it's like that you know what I mean like yeah. I think that there could mm-hmm. be something like that's kind of gross for her which is a huge stereotype yeah that is talking a hu- about stereotypes all of that is a huge stereotype yeah, yeah. and I think that uh, black women have a reputation or it, some of it's stereotypes some of it is actually I love that black women tend to be more embracing of their yes. bodies they yes. tend to be more like embracing their true. curves and all that stuff it's so true. maybe if and, and that's I a true think, stereotype okay and yeah. don't they come across a little bit sometimes at least by mass media yeah. as like in a movie for example like the the leading lady who is like a professional mm-hmm. who is the romance of the whatever yeah. and then they'll be like <laughs> the, the black woman or the Latina girl is yeah. like Super sexy and quote slutty, which I hate that word, but yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah. Like she's a little bit more like oh, a little dirty, more quote. open about yeah about yeah. all those things. I think it's true. But again, I mean, we could we could go into a whole realm of like movies and and media and how people are portrayed in the media. Because I've actually found as and I'm sorry, I totally like bounce like, my t- brain too. Okay, okay. So um, you know, it's like I brought up my mom a second ago. You know, she is you know super highly educated, doctorate, PhD, just retired from a, a university. Um, professor, all these things. And so she's somebody actually who is very not sassy at all, kind of, m- kind of like to herself, you know, kind of introspective and quiet. Yeah. So there is a, there's like two big generalizations or two types of black women that I've seen lately, which is interesting. The super highly educated, highly like, like, um, ambitious, go-getter black woman who is kind of focused and who maybe had to like not... work twice as hard as everybody. Maybe, maybe, you know, but maybe to, like, she's break through glass ceilings. Yeah, maybe, and that, but she's you know that's her her goal. She has high goals and all these she things. Is, yeah. And then there's another black girl that again I feel like is more of a stereotype. That's the sassy girl who maybe is a little overweight and doesn't like you know she maybe is a little angry and yeah. There's but yeah. there's but there's so many more in the middle between those two stereotypes. Yes. But again, like I'd love to see more of like. Like the the professional black woman. I mean, I have a client who's in D.C. She's a lawyer in D.C. and in her mid thirties, makes a ton of money, but she cannot find a guy. It's like as soon as she says that she has a law degree and all this stuff, guys totally like are afraid of her. And yeah. it's like, okay, well then, what what does someone like that do? So I'm trying to help her wow. in D.C. But anyway, so hopefully, yeah. you know, she meets the person who's not because, like you said, you yeah. don't, you don't even start the relationship with somebody who's intimidated because why? Of course, you're an alpha woman too. Like you're a strong personality, Hello. and you want yes. someone who embraces that. And yeah. I think what's really important too with so you're mentioning that whole spectrum, you know, and and how the stereotype can go to two extremes almost. Totally. 
when it comes to those types of things, and whenever we have a statement like an expectation mm-hmm. sexually, like, oh, you are white, therefore you are going to swallow Oh, my, my God. Yes. Like, that, too, or is... Or, oh, you're a black guy and your penis is going to be huge. Now, I, I can't even... I, <laughs> I have not seen enough black male penises <laughs> to know, yeah. but I have... It seems like there is something, like, genetically, like, that... that uh, what's the word? That holds up to that. That's you know true. What? We had on flat, some level. Flash Brown, a black porn star, was okay. on my show. Yes. 11 inches. Okay. And he and has so, a dildo made after him and a whole thing. Of course like, he thing. does. Why but wouldn't I was you? like, I don't know if I could even, like, that. That's a lot. No, that's a lot. I think there's, let, let's just go ahead and say, I think there's definitely such a thing as too much or too big. There can for be. Sure. For sure. For sure. 100%, and everybody's guys. so different. For sure. For sure. I mean, honestly, what yeah. turned me on about that conversation with him was mm-hmm. his voice because he's got, like, this really Ooh, nice. You nice, have to hear nice. that. But anyway, um, what is so, you, you just made me recall another experience I had. Uh, a friend of mine in Minnesota mm-hmm. was trying to set me up. She was trying to get me to date black basketball players like professional ones because Wait, specifically specifically because she's it. like it's great because because you know i had i had broken up with like my long-term boyfriend right so she's like you just want to play yeah and she said i'm not kidding yeah she said their cocks are so big you will need you know 800 milligrams of ibuprofen oh before and i was like why oh. would i want to take my yeah that just sounds like why that do doesn't I wanna... sound good at all. Like, <laughs> yeah. That sounds terrifying. And no offense to people who feel great about, you know, obviously if I fell in love with somebody who I, you know, needed yeah. to adjust myself for. Of course. Yeah. No offense to anyone who has an, a huge uh, penis. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Sorry about your big penis. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. No. exactly. I don't think they get too much like yeah, no, pity I, yeah. about that. But, 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 I, but you know what? Yeah. It can be a challenge. And, and I've definitely known guys who weren't necessarily black, who said, I definitely, like, I don't even, literally I had, I had one specific guy say, I literally don't have sex because I know that I'm too big for most women and it's going to be uncomfortable, so I'll just, I'll resort to just oral sex. Or like just masturbate maze, together yeah. or whatever. And that's, I was like, that's really sad. You know I get it, you that's know. That's sad and it also, what a sweet, he, yeah, he's sweet, sweet. I mean, he shouldn't have to do that, but yeah. like how sweet that he was thinking that. Oh, like, of course. And that he was not saying, I won't be sexual with you. Right. We just need to find another way. Yeah. Which totally. you can always do. Absolutely. You know, and and if you are with somebody who has like a very, very large penis, yes. then, you know, working Again, with lots have a of conversation lube, too. Star- yeah, talk. Have a conversation <laughs> about it. Oh, oh, oh can, you, can you go slower or ease, ease, ease me into yeah. it because you're a little big? And that's a huge compliment, ladies, yeah. to him or guys to him, you know? Because it's like you're saying he's big, and I don't know who doesn't want to hear that. Yeah, I think most men learned. probably really appreciate hearing. Yeah. I would imagine. Yeah, I think. I'm not sure, but I think. And what's also <laughs> interesting, though, is that brings up another stereotype somebody mentioned to me, which was that if you have a large cock or you're a really attractive woman, mm-hmm. you're going to be bad. And actually, it says you're going to suck in bed, no pun intended. So oh, interesting. And I've actually heard that really one. Really attractive women as well? Yes. Well, I have some thoughts. Go on. I ha- yeah. So I had a boyfriend who the first time that we had sex, and I can't remember the word. I must have blocked it out of my memory <laughs> because I even Googled it, which is really frightening. I had to go to Urban Dictionary and oh, Google yeah. all these gross, like, try to yeah. – I couldn't I – couldn't, maybe you know it. But it was like – it was something like – like – face fuck or something weird like it was like <laughs> yeah. two words that yeah. meant if she has a certain face then she's going to be really bad and he he was surprised oh, okay I he was saying know. it he was trying to say it as a compliment he said i'm surprised oh, no. that you're not bad in bed right and i was like oh. what are you i mean i'd never heard of that no before. but i have heard that and i actually i kind of again so many stereotypes you're talking about yeah. in my experience that's sort of true 
in that if I've ever been with a guy that was super, super hot, attractive, it was like, he, it was, there's almost like this expectation that he knows he's so attractive that other people do all the work usually. And he for hasn't him. tried to value, work on anything else. Right. Like develop skills. Right. And so because, and I get it. I mean, listen, beautiful people, whatever our society says, those people who are beautiful, they, it, it, I would argue that certain things are easier. It's probably easier th- for them to find a date in of general. Of course. Although I, I do will say that I've known some very beautiful women in the Los Angeles models and such who like Can never are da- who are never dating. Yeah, they're Ever. like because people always assume yeah. they're intimidating or people always assume they're taken, so people just never come up to them. But I will in my again in my experience, the the more attractive the guy. Well, A, the more people are after him, so he doesn't might not have to work as hard because sure. he's just people always all the time like there. Like, I mean, back to your, like, basketball, like, reference. Yeah, yeah. There's always just a bunch of women, like, ready, ready to, to do pounce. It. Yeah. And so it's just, why would they have to work harder, you know, in general? But, yeah, I, 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 I don't know. I, I feel like someone needs to do a study about that. I think to so, see. too. And you know what's interesting <laughs> is, so even if they, the thing is, okay, so maybe they don't, quote, have to work mm-hmm. on, you know, pleasing. their skills and pleasing a yes. woman and all this stuff. Mm-hmm. Or maybe the uh, stereotypically attractive woman doesn't have to work as hard to, like, cultivate her, her skills, her passions in life. I think that's probably true. Which, like, she's got to want it. Whereas the right. less attractive person needs to work on their skills because it's not a guarantee someone's going to sure. ask them out or whatever. Yeah, and I, I do think that there's some, some truth there, but I also think mm-hmm. that what it that doesn't show is her value system or his value system. Of course, so, like, of course. The, the right guy yeah. will... You know, value how you feel. Absolutely. No matter what he looks like, no I matter totally how agree. big or small he is. Absolutely. And, you know what I mean? So it yes. may be that, you know, a guy who I have a friend who um, her ex boyfriend had just almost no penis. I mean, oh. it was it was a really challenging thing yeah, for them. Yeah, absolutely. And I shouldn't say almost no. You know what I mean? It, that was really, I'm so sorry. Um, it just, it, <laughs> no, go like, on, go on, go on. But, yeah. but just, just didn't have a lot of girth and right. length and all that stuff. Right. And, uh, you know, it was, a, it was a big challenge for them. But what ended up happening was that she learned a lot about her her body in ways that she could express Absolutely. herself that she wouldn't have learned otherwise. Absolutely. He knew a whole lot of stuff. Which is amazing. Yeah. I was, that's yeah. what I was going to say. I mean, it's not like, I mean, listen, I know, wow, I feel like I'm sharing information of course, I'm not going to name names, but I mean, I, I've I've been with guys who had like nice penises who yeah. had didn't know what to do at all with them. So it's like it doesn't matter at all. Yeah. I mean, if anything, it sounds like this guy with the with a very small penis had more tricks in his trick bag, so to speak. <laughs> yeah, and exactly. so it sounds more fun. I don't know. That's me personally. Yeah. But I mean, I don't know. And there could be a regional thing with that too, because I noticed that in Minnesota when I was single mm-hmm. and or having like shorter term relationships. Mm-hmm. They just seemed less adventurous sexually. Okay. You know, than versus when I was in, uh, when I moved to LA. Yeah. Depending. There were a couple that were like the really glam actor types. Yeah, yeah. That, oh, this is, I'm I'm like, (laughs) I feel like I need to edit myself, but whatever, I'm not going to. Um, I won't say the names, but, you know, they're like, they, at the time, I would yeah. tell my friends, like, well, like, he's like a human sex toy. He just lays there. Does nothing. Yeah. Was he beautiful? Oh, yeah. See, exactly. And that goes back to the other stereotype. Yeah. I just think it's, and again, you're, you're also putting in, like, actor or entertainer into the mix. So yeah. that's a whole other can of, like, yeah. narcissism, perhaps. But, yes. I mean, and I know I hate to use I don't want to say that word. I, we're making big generalizations, you guys. Obviously, we're not saying everyone. Not no, all actors, no, no, no. not all attractive people, not all black people, 
blind people, whatever. But but I will. I think that's been my experience too. I will also say that I feel like in Los Angeles, minus the whole attractive or actor thing, that there's more people are talking more about sex here. There's more resources, so to speak, here. Yeah. So people are more open about trying things, or True. you know, even uh, when we're talking about like alt lifestyles, people are willing to go explore, and there's more options to explore. True. Whereas in a Minnesota or Ohio, there's less resources harder, or less yeah. venues or less people that you can even tell because sure. people might judge you or that kind of stuff. Oh yeah, and so anyone things who's are more into like alternative anything, mm-hmm. they're they're the people who leave their small towns and yeah. try to find you know hello so, right yeah, here yeah <laughs> and and me too it's 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 really interesting how that does make a difference you know yeah. but you can and luckily you can find those resources online if you're not in that area yeah and the internet yeah Yay. and by the way just because you you mentioned narcissism I'm actually doing a series on. Uh, dating a narcissist or oh a, like, or being in love with or whatever being in a relationship in that's coming up next month and it, I'm really fascinated because I I actually was in a relationship with a um, definitely a sociopath oh wow uh, a really wow. serious relationship and it was I think really... I saw your Facebook post maybe looking for yeah yeah I, so I posted something about it yeah that I was you know looking for people to interview mm-hmm. I've heard from a lot oh I'm sure yeah. and they're all from LA so oh, just briefly because I know Uh-oh. this is a totally different conversation <laughs> but just if I could ask you just one question yeah, about yeah, it yeah yeah of course since we're talking about like the early dating yeah what would be like a red flag that this person oh, could geez. be there's so many really scary no, yeah yeah yeah, like a, yeah not necessarily scary but a narcissist a psychopath someone who's not necessarily us like the yes. healthiest match absolutely someone who you aren't you, someone who okay they were talking like the first couple months let's say of dating um if someone is like never sharing information about themselves or like seems not to have any sort of history or past uh if this is a weird one for me that i personally had some red flags for um if someone never invites you to their place and i've had i've had a few clients actually they finally six months in they still never seen that person's place and that they had a wife or like somebody was in there like living oh, in the wow. house so yeah nice. try to get the invite into someone's house um if someone's really really negative or like uh, like negative to the point or angry to the point where they're well negative to the point that they're angry about t- when they're talking about like an ex or men and women in general so someone's like a man hater or hater or woman hater you can yeah. feel that and it's just all negative that's a little scary sure um if anyone says anything about having like a violent past, and not that people can't change, because sometimes people can, but I would be aware of that if someone said that to me. Oh, sure, for that's sure. huge. Yeah. And what do you, what about? Because this actually, this happened to me, but then it also has happened to some friends of mine mm-hmm. uh, who have dated uh, sociopaths, where there's something called love bombing. I just learned the term recently, okay. where they put on such a grandiose show at the oh, beginning. Yeah, forget it. So. Yeah. How do you know if it's someone just being romantic or if it's just like or do, I don't or do you, trust you just don't know. I, unless someone hmm, I was going to say unless someone's a millionaire and has a whole bunch of money that they can spend, but I would say even then, if someone's yeah. spending a ton of money on you, especially in like the first month when they don't even know who you are, that's a red flag. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's huge. It's it's almost like someone's trying to well, they're trying to buy your affection in some way, but also it's, there's some level of like them trying to like possess or own you. Yeah. So like, oh, I, well, I bought you the stuff or I'm taking you here, I'm, I'm flying you there. Okay, well then it's like I own the right to all that kind of stuff, whatever. Um, which is an interesting thing with millennials. The younger generation of, of women I talk to uh, frequently, they're, like, even in terms of paying on a date, which I know that we've talked about before, you know, they won't, a lot of younger girls won't even let a guy pay for their dinner on a first date because they don't want to have to feel like they owe anything to a guy, again, 
heterosexual relationships, um, uh, specifically for this topic. But uh, but yeah, it's an interesting thing because they're aware. Some of some of these millennial girls are aware of it. It is kind of giving away some sort of power. I'm, I try to encourage them to ease up a little bit on that though, because yeah. it's like a guy wants to take you out, and I mean some guys really get some pride from like paying for you for your meal sure. or whatever. So don't be so you know yeah, you never you owe know, anyone anything. So to- totally, it should never yeah. be a compensation thing. Regardless, right. like it's never a. You know, I if give you, you this, pay, so you give me this. Then you give me sex. Like that's, no, that's, that's ridiculous. never. And we had a really interesting conversation about that mm-hmm. at the um, at the bookstore. Yeah, so, yes. that, that uh, another oh, man right. came up and was asking. And at first, it sounds like we, you know, we agree on a lot of it. But yeah. but we were talking. I was saying how uh, I don't think because actually I just learned recently that it's a very American thing yes. to have the man pay for the dates. Interesting. Very American. So mm-hmm. like in Europe, it's not the, like going Dutch is not just in Holland. It's yeah. like you know, it's everywhere. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So. I personally feel I like to have the choice and I like to, uh, I don't, when I've been in relationships where the guy always paid, mm-hmm. I didn't realize that mm-hmm. it actually felt depowering to me until Interesting. I was in, you know, and yeah. you know, you've met my husband. Yeah. He's like yeah. wonderfully kind and respectful. Yeah. Yes. And our first casual date, mm-hmm. I asked th- to pay for myself mm-hmm. and and he was cool with that, which made me feel good. And then of course. he asked me out on like a, a more we went to a really cool concert mm-hmm, and stuff, and mm-hmm. he bought the tickets and everything. Mm-hmm. But then I made dinner. Like, See, but that, but that's okay. So that's where we agree completely. Like for me, it's like on the first. I actually encourage, especially guys, because like I have a, a a friend of mine who is he's newly single and he's about, back out there dating, and women are crazy. He says yeah. and all these things, and he's like he he on the first date with a girl he's starting to get to know. He spent like two hundred bucks, and then she didn't call him again afterwards. And I'm like, but this is why I always encourage guys. Again, heterosexual relationships, but this could be for any other, any kind of relationship. Yeah. On the first or second date, do something that's not expensive. Like, just go for coffee or drinks or happy hour. So then you can go Dutch, or if you do pick up a check, it's not a million dollars. five bucks, yeah. Right, figure out if you even like this person enough. And then if you do, like your husband did, you know, take them out to something that's, you know, more expensive or more lovely or an actual plan full something. dinner or if something. If you plan a date, time. I do think, you know, you plan a, right. like, I do that too, like, if yes. I plan a date. I would, you know, prefer to pay for but, it. See, but, but I think it's great because I'm the same way, August. Like, for me, if I go out with someone, like, a, you know, a guy I'm seeing now, we went for coffee on our first date, and I bought, I got there early and bought my own coffee because I'm like, okay, we're just kind of like, a, not a meet and greet, but it was just like, okay, let's meet during the day just to see what we're like. Do we look like we do online or not? You know, yeah, all that kind yeah. of stuff. And then after that, we went to another thing at night, and he paid, and I let him. You yeah. know, because it's like, okay, there's some, inter- there's some interest on both sides here. Sure. But so on the early, my thing is, I just, I feel like if it became like, third, fourth, fifth, sixth date, and you're still going Dutch, in my mind, it's not bad. It's whatever each person chooses. If you're both comfortable with it. Right, right. Yeah. But just realize, I think sometimes people don't realize, especially women, if you are the one paying for your part of the date or paying for his part of a date, it sets up a different dynamic. So a lot of women again, in heterosexual relationships, do tend to want a guy who's going to take the lead, you know, in the relationship. So if you're paying, money is like a big deal. Like money is something in relationships. So if he's, if you're paying for all of it, it kind of sets you up with the power and the relationship isn't. So then a lot of women I've worked with or friends have been friends with or whatever, like, why isn't he stepping up and taking the lead or making reservations? It's like, well, because you're, he doesn't know what to do. Like you're taking the, the alpha role. Sure. But you don't know that you are. So be aware of it. Which that's what you're doing. And if, and if you're it's happy cool, with then it, great. it's great. Right. Because yeah. like I said, I tend to take that role sometimes. Yeah. And I'm okay with it, but I'm very aware of it. 
Right. So it's fine and it's cool and everyone's on the same page. But a lot of times we're doing things kind of haphazardly and we're sure. not we're not we're not clear on what our actions are. are we're sending mixed signals. Totally. Or, right. And if if somebody is you know like if the woman's always paying and mm-hmm. that is giving her the power. Right. Then then having the man always pay is giving him the power in so some just, way. Right. Right. So it's just right. important because I have friends who are like I just want to. Find someone I can marry, have kids with. Totally. I'm going to be I know home guys with the like kids. that too. That's great. Yeah. You know, and mm-hmm. if that's the case, you know, I know that women are often the ones in charge of the money in the household, you know, when the, that's like oh, usually what? they are. Usually the oh, women that's are. Interesting. Yeah. See, I, was I don't, reading about I don't, it. oh, this is interesting. Yeah. So in fam, like in, uh, hmm. with all of the, um, because I don't, by the way, week. I only do single single stuff. I don't do marriage stuff. Okay. So she's teaching me something. Right now. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm, I know me as a marriage uh, expert. <laughs> um, at least you know that's not what I focus on or anything. But I I did read with the Equal Pay Day event that they had a couple weeks ago. Mm-hmm. I was reading different different things, and I guess apparently women are very often. Even if they're both both have income, the woman often is the one who's ma- managing finances and stuff like that. So it's interesting, interesting if the man always pays and the woman's always managing it. Or yeah. like for me, I just want to feel independent. But yes. I also know that like you know if there's a if the man's making more money than the woman, then obviously you don't cut everything in half. Right. If the woman's making more than the man, you don't cut everything in half. But it. But some people do. You do what you want to do. Right. It's it's not one size fits all. Yes. That's the thing. In all kinds of relationships and in dating and dating styles, whatever you're into, there's someone else who's into it. But there's not – that's what I feel like is the problem with all all these subjects we've talked about. There's just not one way. There's not Mm. one type of person. There's not one kind of relationship. But we – in our society, we make it so that it's, what? They're they're dating – two people at once oh my god or they're dating you know an asian lady oh my god you know it's just like who, no not everyone's gonna be the same as you are or you were when you were single or your right. parents and were when they change. were or whatever you might go from exactly. wanting to be um monogamous mm-hmm. to wanting to have multiple partners or vice totally. versa you totally. might be somebody who's into just you never want to have one relationship right. and then you meet someone that you only want to be with it's like oh and so, by the way it's so funny in los angeles ladies listening ladies I actually know a decent amount of guys here who are so ready for marriage and kids. So many. and they're, I met they're so lot- many when I was dating. Okay, can I just tell you, right? And people don't believe me when I say it. I'm like, no, there's More a lot More than of- women, in my experience. I, I, me too. Yeah. Oh my gosh. We're, okay, guys. We're blowing your mind. Guys, come to LA. <laughs> I mean, women. Women come to LA. I know. It's, 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 I think it's harder to <laughs> yeah. sift through and find those guys, but they definitely exist. We both have, have met them. I've coached a lot of them. Yeah. I had a guy come to me, he called me uh, for a consultation the other day. 40, in his 40s, owns a business. He's like, I just want to meet a girl who's normal and nice and has something going for her and has goals and maybe wants to settle down one day. I'm like, oh, my God. Like, uh, this poor guy could not find anybody. Like, you, in Los Angeles. Do you think it's because they are not the guys who are out strategically, like, partying? Of and course. Trying to be, so they're working and they're hustling, you know? Yeah. So yeah. what is the key? Is it to, because I always felt like if you are following your passions and you are cultivating a life that you love, mm-hmm. all, you're totally in love with mm-hmm. your own life. Yeah. Yes. Then you will meet the person that is a great fit for you. But you got to make yourself able to be found. And okay. I think a lot of people don't. And I think a lot of people are scared. And not that online is the only way to go, but I think a lot of people are afraid of online dating. But if you're somebody, I had a conversation with a head of a network not too long ago who's single, woman, female, and she was saying, oh, you know, I, I want to try online dating and I want to try Tinder, but I'm high profile and people know who I am and all these things. And I'm like, you know, even going like the whole matchmaker route or something, yeah. you just sometimes you need a little help. It's hard in this town, especially if you work 80 hours a week, you're not at a club. And even That's if fair. you didn't, you might not be at a club because that might not be your style. And 
I mean, I've met, I've actually met exes at bars and clubs, so I don't think that that's, some people say, oh, you can't ever meet someone there. I've met people everywhere. You can meet people anywhere, you guys, so don't, yeah, don't get caught in that trap. But, I mean, I think it is harder for people who are high profile, who are entrepreneurial, who don't have a lot of free time. It is harder to have time to even just get out of the house and, like, go for a jog or whatever. So, you, but but there's got, if that's what you want, if you want to find a relationship or find someone to casually date or whatever, you've got to make yourself available out there in the world in some way. That's a great tip. And I do think there's a lot less uh, stigma about Mm -hmm. being out. So even if you're high profile. Yeah. Nobody cares. I mean, people are. So again, it's, it's trying to not worry so much about what other people think because this is your life and it's your relationship. It's your happiness, Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. Um, And ultimately you can't blame anyone but yourself if you haven't tried one thing. Like people. Okay. So for those of you out there who maybe are like, oh my God, I'm scared of online dating or I kind of want to do it, but it's a little scary. Try it because a lot of the sites are free. Like we mentioned, OkCupid. I am, by the way, I'm not endorsed by any online dating site. OkCupid does tend to be my favorite right now. It's a little newer and shinier than some of the older ones. Um, there's a ton of options in terms of lifestyle. There's like a thousand questions you can opt to answer that will match you up with potential matches. I did. I just think it's a, a, and it's free. Um, try it. That or some other site. If you hate it, you can delete it. But at least you've tried it, and you. Because the thing is, there's nothing worse than just having a, an opinion about something you've never tried. Because that one thing could be the thing that leads you to someone who could be amazing. So true. You just never know. It's so true. Just don't limit your options. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, and I think there we all go. know somebody, probably many somebody. Oh yeah. Who are in a really happy relationship oh, yes. that started online. You may not know it. Oh yeah. But, or you may know it. Or you may. Oh, yeah. yeah. My sister married someone she met online. I mean, it's yeah. it's really changed. Oh, it has it's completely. really changed. Yeah. So. I mean, it's just convenient for yeah. a lot of people too. So yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And how can we learn more about all of your fabulousness? All right. So please go to my website. It is thedatingadvicegirl.com. I am on a whole bunch of the social medias. So facebook.com slash the dating advice girl. I'm at Twitter. At Dating Advice GRL. So no the and no I and girl. So at Dating Advice Girl. Um, same with Instagram, Dating Advice GRL. Uh, oh, my gosh. YouTube, Pinterest. Uh, She's every, everywhere. Everything. And I'm going to put some links to those sites. Thank you. On my pages when I awesome. share these links. And you'll see some photos. We're going to have a, a tip from the lovely Erin uh, that we're going to share with our shiny faces. Oh, oh so, and real quick, too. If you guys have any questions or want to do one-on-one coaching, email me. Uh, info, I-N-F-O, at thedatingadvicegirl.com. And I I answer all those uh, personally. So there you go. Perfect. Thank you, Erin. Thank you. If you're enjoying Girl Boner Radio, even half as much as I have been having today with Erin, I hope you'll subscribe and leave a rating and review on iTunes so we can keep everything going for you. You can also mix and mingle with all of us, the whole Girl Boner community online. So hop over to my website, www.augustmclaughlin.com for links. And again, there'll be more information on today's show and more to Erin's work that you can check out. Don't forget to join me next week as we explore more dating expertise from another fab expert who created the Wing Girl Method. It's very exciting. Until then, have a glorious girl boner embracing week.